1: Alright folks, welcome back to the Mountain West Wire football podcast. We are in our third edition, third showing, third show I guess, of the uh, 2019 preview, MWire.com's website. You know who it is, Jeremy Moss, hanging out with Matt Kennerly. We're talking, let's fly, Air Force Falcons. You ready? Powering right through, let's do it. Powering right through. They have the, is it too early to say or not, it's correct to say they have the best helmet design typically in the Mountain West weekend, year in, year out.
0: I think it would be fair to say that they have one of the best helmet designs in college football. Period.
1: Boom! Suck it, Navy! Suck it, Army! <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. right? <laughs> they make some good
1: ones too. So we can't talk too much trash. But that we're talking Air Force Falcons. If you are new to the show, thank you for listening. Finding us on uh, where you go to iTunes. It's not iTunes now, is it? Officially Apple Podcast now. Matt, is that what we're doing? Uh, I
0: don't know. I use Android.
1: Yeah, me too. I have. I use a MacBook, but I I still have the iTunes icon at the bottom. So wherever you get your iTunes, your podcast from, I guess an Apple device, find us there. I guess it's Apple Podcasts, but we're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker. Uh, I mentioned a PodCoin thing. Check us out there if you want to earn a, just a listen, and you can maybe get a couple bucks from gift card stuff. Check us there. Basically, search Mountainless Wire Podcast, and you'll find us, right, Matt? Pretty much. And so that's our podcast, MW Wire, Facebook, Twitter, all the same stuff, MWC Wire. We have done Utah State oh shoot who's the other one did? san jose state are those the two we've done so far yes it is and typically if you're hearing these they're once a week every probably sunday night but hey if you're a falcon fan to find this and it's already um august 12th thank you very much from the future hopefully that's the case and let's just do it we're talking air force falcons uh so what, what do we know about the falcons typically Matt, you give everybody um, a brief insert of what we should expect this year or just expect from them in general typically
0: I mean, Air Force is kind of an interesting situation coming into this fall because I don't think anybody would make the argument that Troy Calhoun's on the hot seat or anything like that. But it is a pretty important year for the Falcons this year because they have a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the ball. And you could make the argument that despite their obvious strengths and weaknesses last fall, most of which are intact for better or for worse coming into 2019... That maybe they got a little bit unlucky last year going five and seven. And the biggest reason why is that they were two and five, decided in games decided by eight points or fewer. So, you know, right off the bat, this is something we've been talking about off and on, pretty much all offseason of like, you know, we think Air Force is going to rebound. And the biggest question is, what is the rebound going to look like? Because the ceiling could be very high.
1: That's me. We're, That's where I come into play here. <laughs> but
0: but the, the, I think there are still questions about whether they're going to be able to overcome or, or at least, to address their weaknesses um, from not only the last year but from the last several years, and get back to that. You know, if not necessarily winning ten games, being a major factor in the Mountain Division.
1: Correct, they've had yeah back-to-back five-win seasons. It's the only time in Troy Calhoun's year he hasn't gone to the bowl game in every other year. The only other mm-hmm. time was when he had that two and ten year when he went zero and eight conference play, which is nutty, and thirteen turned around to ten and three, which um, by the way was only good enough to be fourth in the Mountain Division. Yeah, <laughs> going five and three in league play, all three came, I believe, in uh, divisional play. But he's been to a conference championship game once. He's finished second once his first year, which is pretty amazing. Back in uh, two thousand seven. So the doubt these last two years he's not in the hot seat by any means, like you said. We do have our hot seat ranking out or will be out will be out depending the penny when you're listening to this. And we did our coach rankings. He's a great coach. There are reasons why it's tougher to win there or not. But for the coaching ranking real quick, we so overall from the staff, he was is eighth. To me, that seemed way too low.
0: Yeah, I mean I would say that's probably a touch too low. Maybe people are sleeping just because they haven't won as many games as we've accustomed to seeing them. You know, even if they aren't like you know, on a Boise State level year in and year out, I think we expect them to be at least eligible year in and year out. So maybe that this little bit of a downswing has had uh, kind of an, an effect on how we perceive the program.
1: It certainly is. And part of it is, like, to be honest, a quarterback play because ever since – who was the last full healthy 12-game starter? Was it Tim Jefferson, essentially, a while back, who played every game? They've had injuries the past three to five years of playing Bo English, Donald and Arian Worthman there's probably others I'm missing too, but they've not had health at quarterback in years. Yeah.
0: Nate Romine, Carson well, Roberts, the list goes on. Yeah, on. a
1: couple. I know I was missing more guys, but,
0: and, and I think this is something I mentioned in last year's preview. And I think maybe just bears saying again, you know, air force needs that kind of depth. Yeah. Because of the system that they run, particularly on offense.
1: Yeah. They, and we'll get, I guess we'll start getting the offense now, but you mentioned, I was looking up research you're doing as well. They're having I mean, what currently it's a co-starter situation with the, my my favorite. I think it should be Donald Hammond III, but he's not listed as the main starter because they had uh, Bo English t- transfer during the off season, correct? I think in February,
0: yes, or March. He's and, uh, he's in Richmond, I know. Richmond. That's right. And who
1: was the other co-starter? I don't have him in front of me.
0: Isaiah Sanders, who played. And Worth Worthman graduated.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you never know. There's all these guys hanging around, so <laughs> I knew it was him. I didn't want to give the wrong name. I'm like, hey, Matt, you told me before. Say it again for the folks out there. So. Who do you, like? Let's just start there. Who should start? Who should be the guy? Both have for, real quick. Both have plenty of starting experience. Both have played well. But to just go ahead, who's your starter? Who should be the guy? Week one against Colgate.
0: Oh man, that's a tough question. I mean, I mean, that's
1: what we're here for. Ask the tough questions. Come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't want to say Sanders just to be contrarian because I do think that Hammond should be the guy, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of just every. You know, it's the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet as well. And this is not to disparage Sanders by any stretch. When you look at what both of those guys were able to do last year, Sanders did have the opportunity to throw the ball more often. And he did more with those opportunities than Hammond did. You know, he was averaging uh, about 17 and a half yards per completion, you know, nearly 10 yards an attempt, four touchdowns to three interceptions, and maybe most surprisingly, a 60% completion rate which is something you almost never see out of an Air Force quarterback. And on a per-play basis, once you adjust for sacks and everything like that, both of these guys were pretty much neck and neck as far as yards per carry was concerned. That's where Hammond really has a slight edge. But for me, the answer really lies in what they were able to do in games that they started. And when you look at what Hammond was able to do last year— all you really have to do is look at yards per play. Mm-hmm. He started five games last year and they averaged a shade over six yards per play, 6.02. And in the seven games that were started by either Worthman or Sanders, they were at only 5.38, which may not sound like a lot, but when you're talking about an offense that really wants to be efficiency based, you know, they need those kind of long grinding drives because explosiveness, you know, other than maybe one guy out on the outside at receiver is never going to be their calling card. Sure. And if and if that's the one thing that Hammond brings to the table that's a little bit better than Sanders, that's why I think he should be the starter.
1: I have a couple reasons Sanders should be the starter. Zero interceptions last year. I'm mean, excuse me, Hammond. Apologies, what am I doing? Not Sanders. Hammond. He had no, no sacks, only two picks, more touchdowns in the air. Completion percentage. Here's the thing. You mentioned like, he has sixty almost 62% for Sanders. Hammond was uh, 52%. You would think almost a 9% difference would be a big deal. That the only difference was the amount of attempts really hammond 38 to 72 sanders 48 to 78
0: yeah i mean if you're if you're not a follower of a triple option team at 52 percent completion rate it's probably not- isn't a big deal yeah as long as you're not down in the 40s that's i think where you run into some trouble
1: yeah so like that percent the percentage is bigger but when you look at actual pure numbers of throwing and completing it's really a handful of catches you know what i mean like had he gone 42 or 72, it'd basically be the same number, 60. percent. But also, mm. the sat, five sacks is a big deal for Sanders being sacked that many times. Hammond did not, did not get sacked at all. Uh, Sanders ran and touched better than um, Hammond, but I think like going back to Hammond, he had more touchdowns. He, it's, it's close. But for me, when you look at certain games, like when Hammond came into play, I still look back two years ago at that Utah State game that was wild at the end of the season. Like, he mm. came in out of nowhere and look what he did and just tore it up. This is a good problem to have. And with this offense, it is well, it is a timing offense because you're doing option-based. You have the fullback dive, which I think will be a big play again this year to Cole Fagan back again. It's mm-hmm. not a timing Say, look, at when we get to Hawaii, we're going to talk about um, Cordero or Cole McDonald. That's different in the run and shoot where you want a timing, quick passing game. Yes, there's timing with this option attack because if they switch too, out, too much, doing the pitch is different for, from each quarterback. But it's not as big a deal as, like, throwing down the field. So whoever plays probably, probably will be will be
0: because of what
1: he was doing,
0: specifically, like, not a big deal, right? Yeah, and kind of going back to our previous point, I think if the inevitable, or what is presumably inevitable, happens and he does miss some time, there's a pretty good chance they're going to be in good hands with Sanders under center. Yeah, And so I think that that's more than you could have said maybe a year or two ago.
1: Yeah, even all those guys played. And, like, both guys are upperclassmen. Sanders are seniors, Hammond a junior. This is the year where I'm pretty bullish on what they could do. So quarterback play, I would lean Hammond, but there's nothing to go wrong either way, I would say. I just like what Hammond did a bit more than Sanders. Like, yes, you want to throw the ball well enough, but this is, like, what would you rather have an Air Force quarterback? Like, throw slightly better where if you think about it, if we break it on like a per game basis, just about, and he's 60%, 61% to 52, that's what two throws a game. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like they're going downfield either because both of them, they're about a yard difference in the yards per 10, 9.78 to what eight, six, five first game. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not like they, they may have a downfield threat. Occasionally they don't have Jalen Robinette back out there to go downfield and chuck it to get those big, have him go three for 80 and two touchdowns. So how much free really is this passing game needing to be, better for sanders and hammond does it matter to you
0: well and to that point if you go back and, and look at the uh the rushing yards per play you know they struggled early on last year running the football you know in non-conference yeah. play and an early in conference play against you know utah state and nevada but when hammond came in then they you know it it wasn't you know 4.6 and 4.2 don't sound like a lot but it's what better than what they were doing in september And they actually finished the year on a high note by averaging at least five and a half yards per carry in the three games they played down the stretch. And maybe you can take that with a grain of salt because it was New Mexico, Wyoming, and Colorado State. (laughs) Wyoming, come on.
1: Wyoming. At least
0: at least two of those opponents maybe have dicey defenses.
1: In November, they're 5.8. That's four games.
0: So So you so you can kind of point to that as saying, you know, maybe Hammond is the guy who makes everybody around him a little bit better. And if we're going to use that as a segue toward talking about the running backs this is a group that all of a sudden is very deep you know deeper and with less questions again than they faced in the last couple of years
1: yeah like like getting like the running game like really quick go back to what you said that was a 0.4 difference per Mm -hmm. per yard per attempt when they run the ball much more than anybody else that 0.4 adds up quickly so it's not yeah. like they're running 20 times or 10 times. They may run 40 times a game. You know what I mean? The amount of, for a season, the amount of attempts they get 0. 0.4 is huge compared to a team that may run it 20% less than them.
0: Yeah, and, and to that point, when you look at their efficiency numbers, you know, by success rate, which is, I forget the exact definition. You all can look it up. But they were, <laughs> <laughs> they were 27th last year by success rate, which may not sound like a big deal, but you know that's basically their game especially when you consider that that's was just a shade better than or excuse me a shade behind what army was able to do and army was dead last in explosiveness and in the top 25 in efficiency they won 11 games last year so it's it's not going to take too much of an adjustment or too much you know uh, better good fortune with health to really make this offense click i don't think
1: I think you're right. And then one thing like I can mention, they bring back the deep running core, which they haven't had, I guess, uh, pr- not talent, but production, I guess, returning. They always have a guy going. They have their top five rushers back mm-hmm. from last year. And it starts with uh, they had a good fullback. And Was Jacoby Owens a fullback or was he technically a running back? Do you recall?
0: I, uh, Jacoby Owens, I think he was technically a fullback.
1: I think so as well. So having Cole Fagan fullback, had nearly 1,000 yards, 7 TDs, did a pretty good rate there. This brings back a play they don't have too often, like the fullback dive. Mm-hmm. It's not like Army. It's not like Navy. Air Force is a little bit different. They're more – Was it is it safe to say or accurate to say more of a, a kind of a – they spread out a little bit when they do the triple option. They'll put two wide receivers sometimes. They don't always have like three backs and the quarterback. Like yeah. they're not they're not bunched up. They will spread out a little bit. They'll do jet sweeps. They'll bring the receiver in motion. But with the fullback dive, that brings new elements, which they, they've always tried to do, but now they actually have a threat to do it with Fagan. And having hit back, having depending with Hammond or Sanders, maybe you take one guy away, so technically they're top four rushers back. But then mm-hmm. you have, like, Caden Remsberg, who only had three touchdowns, but he led the team in yards per play, coming back almost 5.85 per game. After being hit over four yards per carry, after getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind or wherever it may be, they have enough guys where, like, could they get easily 1,800 yards rushing as a team?
0: They should be able to.
1: What do they normally get? Because that's kind of twenty five hundred last year. They better get more than that. Jeez, let me uh, let me up my game there. That's that numbers too till I apologize, guys. About say,
0: I was. About it. They ran for thirty four hundred. I was looking. What I was
1: doing I was looking at just the guys coming back. I'm like, oh, let me just add those in there. Um, no, but they should have. Not. I apologize. That's me looking at who's back and not other guys coming up because there'll be there'll be some guy we don't know. Like, could it be? Um, let's see, Joshua Stoner or a junior who's never had a carry. Maybe well, he, did, he did
0: show out pretty well in spring, ball.
1: I know. Maybe he'll have 300 yards. But my point – sorry, Paul. That was a pretty bonehead thing to say there. But the point is they have all these guys back. They're going to um, – will they have the best running game in the Mountain West? I know what they normally do, so it's, yeah, they'll always have the most yards. Do you think they'll be the most efficient running game in the conference?
0: If they play the way that I think they – that we both think they can, they should be.
1: Like who's the only real challenger? Would it really, really just be San Diego State? with Juan Washington and Chase Jasmine?
0: Uh, as far as efficiency is concerned,
1: yeah, maybe Nevada. You got Tua Tua there, but they only got the one guy at the moment that we really are tuned in on.
0: That's a little tricky to say. I mean, maybe you can make an argument for Fresno State because okay. but they they do something a little bit different. You know, they ask a lot of their running backs <laughs> out of the backfield as well. In, you know, in the passing game, which isn't something you really see a lot of with the Falcons. Um maybe Wyoming if they can find one or two guys and keep them healthy.
1: Okay. I hear you. Okay. But I think the point we're saying is Air Force running game, good to go. No worries
0: there. They're stacked. They're yeah. stacked.
1: They're, all, they're always good. Now they have guys who – this is the time of the year where I say, as I say it every week probably on these shows, the experience factor, just because you're back there doesn't mean you're going to be better. They've had good guys and they're coming back. So I think that's a bit more to say that they'll be fine. They'll just need to find, what, a fourth or fifth guy really to get maybe two car- two to four carries a game after
0: the QB yeah, and keep Fagan keep the guys in front of him fresh. yeah, yeah
1: you could get about 10 carries a game from like i said maybe it is Stoner maybe Fata gets in there freshman gets a couple of carries at fullback who is a pretty good size fullback 5'11 225 not bad
0: well interestingly they have they don't have Cole Fagan listed on the 2 deep right now uh-oh i'm not sure why i was trying to look into it and i couldn't get a, a clear answer for that But, you know, the starter at fullback, at least for right now, is uh, Christian Mallard. So maybe he's another guy who steps up. He and Birdo are listed 1-2 at fullback.
1: Interesting. Okay. I mean, maybe it
0: it just has to do with health or something like that. I'm not sure.
1: We'll have to figure that out because that's a pretty big deal. I think he should be fine. Right? Can we just say that?
0: Yeah. One way or another, I think this offense is going to be fine. All right.
1: Let's go to receiving group really quick, which we won't spend as much time on just because they don't throw very much. There are some concerns. Marcus Bennett's gone. Ronald Cleveland, who would catch and run, is gone as well. Andrew Smith is gone. So three of their top four are gone. Looks like it'll probably be Sanders, be their main guy, but he had no touchdowns. But then again, look at look at all those double-digit yards per catch, Matt. He had seven, nearly 17 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably take – he'll still be that deep threat guy, maybe do what Marcus Bennett did at nearly 20 per game. Like, he had 14 catches. That might be, what, go to 22 this next year, 23. They have a lot of decent talent, I think, recruiting-wise. Get actually some numbers there, but – this is the area where the talent not coming back, it's not a big deal. It's just something like, oh, maybe we don't know who it'll be. But they don't throw it enough to make it really a big concern to either be a great addition or uh, something that kind of hinders them. Maybe Cade back at tight end, will be a guy who does a few extra things. But he had three touchdowns on nine catches. That's pretty efficient there.
0: One guy I'm I'm really interested to keep an eye on going into fall camp and especially early in the season is Brandon Lewis, who – He's tiny. He's tiny. <laughs> He's only a sophomore. He actually played a little bit as a freshman last year. You have five catches, 100 yards, which is typical, <laughs> typical for an Air Force receiver. But one thing that I read recently from Brent Bergman over at the Colorado Springs Gazette is that you know during off-season training, he clocked a 40-time of 4.32. That's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. That... You know, that's, that's the kind of weapon that, they, that the Falcons can make use of. Yeah, especially since Ronald Cleveland, who you mentioned a minute ago, mm-hmm. he was a guy who ran the ball a little bit too. And if they can use him, if they can use Lewis as an end around guy, you know, it, it maybe as a comparison, I know he's not quite the same physical kind of athlete, but like the same way that Boise State used Khalil Shakir. Yeah. You know, that's Could something that. that we, that's something that we see a, a, a wrinkle in this offense that we don't really see it at the, at the, uh, at the other service academies. Yeah. So if he's a guy who steps up, maybe he's there, um, you know Ben Peterson's another guy, another small guy. You know, but I think they're expecting a lot from Gerard Sanders as the one guy who's coming back with a lot of experience under his belt.
1: Yeah, like if you have your leading receiver or 20 catches, you're fine. like I said, they're going to throw what five completions a game, maybe, maybe eight, like they're not going to throw a ton yeah but depends on if it's hammond or sanders there might be a slight uptick or downtick. but
0: if things are going well they're not going to throw that often
1: yeah it's going to be two of two of four with one like 50 yard touchdown pass and like 62 yards total exactly (laughs) something like that all right offensive line is what's probably the it's probably obviously more important for air force than running running backs or excuse me receivers i should say the big loss is griffin landrum there second team all mountain west guy here's the thing again it's same thing as receiver another running back. A lot of guys who had career starts last year, multiple guys, with double digit starts coming back all upperclassmen. It's going to be fine. I guess all they really need to do And Here's the thing, not to downplay the right guard position, but you can kind of say whoever right guard would be fine. Right. Am I okay saying that?
0: I, <laughs> Almost. Yes. And yeah, I think you <laughs> sort can of. say that. I mean, I think it'll help that they have a little more continuity because even though they do have a lot of guys with, Starting experience. They did experience a little bit of a shuffle here and there last year. Like they had one starting lineup for the first, uh, you know, couple games, and then they switched out, you know, Miller for Ferguson.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I should probably get first names. <laughs> Parker Ferguson. Parker Ferguson. There you go. And then he stepped in for the rest of the year. They were fine there. And then yeah, at a certain point, they swapped out uh, Colin Marquez for Noah Loffenberg. You know, they were swapping out, you know, Connor Vickputz for, uh, yeah, for Christopher Mitchell, except Vicputz is listed as the starter again. Yeah, so I think that maybe there are still a couple questions to be answered. But that's but good think, though. Because... But I think the upside is that they have a lot of guys with starting experience.
1: Yeah. And so, like, you mentioned Mitchell and Vicks book. If I can say, There you go. Whatever. Vicapits. Vicapits. There you go. I think
0: I may have mispronounced that the first yeah, time. We
1: probably like. all did. But that's fine. If they're battling for position, the center can move to guard. It's not that big of a difference. One guy I want to see play, maybe. You see how what Christopher Campbell brings to the table, Matt.
0: Six mm-hmm.
1: one three twenty five. He he has not played. He's a sophomore, so maybe he's a guy who comes in for something because they don't have that usually that type of a heft on the front offensive line. So Possibly. Maybe, maybe he. I don't know what. I'm just kind of speculating because you have a big guy like that. He could be a backup. I don't think he'd start this year, but be a key rotation guy. And having that type of guy in your offense with Cole Fagan running behind him to go for that off off guard play, off tackle play. That's a pretty good lead guy to have. And so overall, there's nothing too much worth to say. They'll be fine. There's still some competition, which is good to be. Because that means instead of being five deep, maybe you're seven deep. And you have any, if there is an injury, you're fine shuffling guys around and rotating either for production or injury-wise. And I think they'll be okay. And having exactly. And having a skilled running backs back there, they'll know what to do. So there's, my concern level of that is much lower than the wide receiver, even though that's not really much of a concern for me because they don't throw the ball very much. That's fair. Should we got to defense, which is usually the yikes factor? <laughs> Sometimes? Yes and no. Hey, man, they got Jordan Jackson. He's pretty good, right?
0: Jordan Jackson is low-key one of my favorite players in the conference.
1: Is he legit defensive player of the year material? Uh,
0: the only reason I'm going to say no is because Curtis Weaver exists.
1: And, and a few other And David too.
0: Woodward. And Tippa. And Kaiva Tizino. Yeah,
1: so funny, guys, let me ask you this, and let's broaden it up. Have you? I noticed you have not. Neither have I. So I'm not just put putting this on you. Our top 50 player list. We're continually working on. Hey, maybe it's out at the moment, but we're going to bring it up now since it's still pre Father's Day at this moment as we're recording. Where would where would you put him? Like in your list? Like would he be a top 15 player in the conference? Oh yeah. Okay. Top 10.
0: I would have to sit down and put the list together before okay. I commit to that. Because just
1: really quick, the reason why I mentioned it, he had, okay, 27 tackles. Boo-hoo, who cares? 12.5 uh, TFLs, <laughs> 4.5 sacks. Good. That efficiency rate of, oh, sorry, excuse me, 40, 40.5 total tackles. I was looking assisted. So 40 tackles, 12.5 for TFLs, which basically means one in every 4.5 plays is a behind-the-line scrimmage tackle for him.
0: Well, and it wasn't just him in True. that front seven either. Like, this was the one of the better front sevens that they've had in a few years. And you can look at the fact that they just allowed, you know, 3.46 yards per carry. But, you know, by the more advanced numbers, they were just legit across the board. You know, they were 20th in rushing defense uh, S&P+. Plus. You know, they were 35th in stuff rate, which is just the percentage of plays stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. And they were third in opportunity rate, which means that opponents were very rarely getting to that second level after five yards. And so, you know, you throw Jordan Jackson out there as a potential defensive player of the year, at he should be at least in the conversation, I'll, I'll say that much. But by football, uh, excuse me, by pro football focus, Moses Fita was the highest rated defensive interior lineman who is coming back to the conference this year. And Kyle Johnson, if he's healthy, he's the guy who can do a little bit of everything at linebacker. You know, him, Lakota Wills, you know, this has the potential to be a very special front seven, I think. And when you consider that there are at least a few teams in the conference who, at least for right now, have kind of lingering questions about what they're going to do at running back, that's the kind of strength that could pose a serious problem for a lot of opponents on their schedule.
1: That's... That's really big to say when they only have two starters back on that defensive line position as well.
0: And that's what I'm saying. It's not just about the defensive line. It's yeah, about yeah. That, that defensive front as a whole. They put on a lot of work last year mm-hmm. to make it a legitimate strength. And, you know, even though they are losing guys on both levels, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Kapper's gone, Cody Gessler's gone, you know, Brody Bagnell, Kyle Floyd are both gone. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys that they have coming back are a very strong foundation that, you know, at least for me, I have confidence that they can maintain a, a level yeah. that's pretty close to what they had last year.
1: Like, just really quick, going to linebacker, we'll kind of smush these together. Yeah, two guys are gone. to mention, Bagnell, Floyd, but like Grant Donaldson, he played in 10 games, mm-hmm. there 15 and half tackles, he still had a couple of TFLs, he had a pass breakup. These guys who play, they have enough guys who played. like, they have everybody, like, on that linebacker spot, they have one, two, three, four, five guys who play nine or more games. And then you look at like, look at what Thaddeus the Black will be like their highest rated recruit. I think across the board, it's gonna be a sophomore. Maybe he'll step up and play. But I think with the guys who played last year, they mixed in guys like Lakota Wills, excuse me, Wills there, or Demonte Meeks who played a little bit and they've made plays. Like these guys have a sack or two, a TFL or two, and maybe only ten total tackles all year. So they're coming in to make plays. You could argue, well, that's because the other guys made room for them, like everybody guarding Jordan Jackson. Maybe, but it doesn't matter. That just means if they're putting more pressure on Jackson, double-teaming him or single coverage and clipping him or running away from him, that takes one to two guys on him and opens up for somebody else. That means you're playing 11 on 10 and not 11 on 11 if you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of guys who can step up. And if that's that's probably going to be the same case this year. There's going to be some unknown guy who may have only 18 tackles but has like four sacks and – you know what I mean? On the year, four TFLs and a sack and a forced fumble. There's going to be somebody to step up, and I don't know if it'll be as good as last year, but it's still going to be pretty good, I think. It should be, yeah. And and then I guess the secondary, they bring everybody back, and then James... But... Jones, well, they bring a lot of guys back. What, what do you mean by They but? bring
0: a lot of guys back, but you, know, you mentioned that know. the defense can be kind of a nightmare. Yeah, and- I know.
1: I'm getting there. Go ahead.
0: This this is this is where the big problems are, or at least where they have been in the last few years.
1: Here's what I'll say. The the nicest thing I'll probably say, they play a lot of games, guys. You got that on field experience, which can be good or okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean I'm just gonna put this in context for everybody. So if you if you don't go to Bill Connolly's advanced profiles from both last year and this year as he's rolling out his previews, first of all you should. Yes. But to just kind of echo the point that we've been talking about, about strength versus weaknesses on this side of the ball, I'm just going to throw a couple numbers out there for you. So third and short success rate, third and medium success rate, which is basically any situation where the defense was third and seven, or excuse me, third or six and fewer yards. They were actually above average last year. But when it came to third and long, they were 126th nationally
1: it's not good that means you're throwing a lot <laughs> they were
0: they were 118th in, in defensive explosiveness allowed yeah, you know th- by you know blitz downs which are just basically like the most obvious passing situations you can have they were 129th in big play rate allowed it was just you know yeah they bring everybody back but that was their biggest Achilles heel last year and those guys on the back end have a lot to prove
1: they do. And also, one thing to note as well, um, it's not really ideal to have your starting free safety lead your team in tackles by a margin. Yeah. Where you had um, Jeremy Fajetalum, if that's correct, 70-something tackles, 78 tackles. 15% of the team tackles came from one one player, and it's a safety. Not ideal. No. They didn't get James Jones back, and when he played two years ago, he was doing quite well. He's a, probably their, what, number two, number three guy out there. I, It's a concern. They need... So how could they fix this, man? Would it be getting a better pass rush to knock some balls down? Was it that offensive lines are able to hold off them on what's obvious passing downs? Or is it, could it be, I'm just spitballing a couple things. I'm trying to remember what the Falcons did. Is it that they didn't rush and gave, you mean like, did they rush only four guys and say, all right, we'll drop everybody to help out and they're still getting beat. Like there's a lot of things going on. Like do they want to put pressure or they want to hang back?
0: See, I'm not sure what the answer is. I just know that, like, when you look back at a lot of games last year, there was just a lot of plays where where receivers were running open with a lot of space. You know, think of the end of the the Wyoming game in the snow, for instance. You know, think of the first half of the game against Florida Atlantic, mm-hmm. where I think it was Chris Roberson completed 24 of his t- first 25 passes, something like that. You know, that's not something for as, as good as his defense was in one way, you know, they were really bad the other way, you know, to the tune of you know, they were, they were, I think, uh, I want to say they were the, like, the, if not the worst opponents passer rating in the conference, one of the worst. And, you know, one of the big overarching things is just making sure that they can make stops sooner you know because one number that really jumped out to me was the fact that they were 119th nationally in the first half of games. And so like we could talk all we want about how we think the running game is stacked and we think that the front seven is going to be able to continue to make stops and things like that. But if they can't stop the pass and if they're falling behind continually because of that, you know, Air Force is never going to be able to play its game as consistently as it wants to, you know, yeah. which is, you know, working the ground game, chewing clock, know forcing opponents to try and do the same thing you know that was something that failed them pretty you know regularly last year
1: yeah that that is going to be a problem where if they're going to be behind like even if sanders who throws a touch better as quarterback they're not it's the air force they're not going to not built to come back down even like 14 points all that often or 17 points less something kind of wild happens
0: yeah, they, so like you know, going back to the fact that they were two and five in one score games last year, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were running up big deficits early. You know, they were down by I think like twenty one against Florida Atlantic. You know, they were you know down early. I think against San Diego State. You know, they were. I think I'm trying to remember how the Boise State game went, but you know that might be the best example of the fact that you know they couldn't stop the pass. You know, Brett Ripon had his best game of the year, I would say, yeah. in that game against the Falcons. So, yeah, they have everybody coming back, and I, you know, this is another area where they have depth. You know, Garrett Coppola is actually listed as the the backup at both strong and free safety. That's and The guys good. that they have, at the, <laughs> well, and but the guys that they have at the top of the two deep were guys who were getting more playing time last year. Yeah. You know, they have Fedele at the free safety. That's one spot locked down. They mm-hmm. sure. have Zane Lewis at, at one of the cornerback positions. You know, whether it's, you know, Grant Field, Milton Bug, Elisha Palm, you know, I think they just need to find those one or two more guys to make it a more cohesive unit and to to make sure that they could just be more consistent. You know, it's not necessarily about having a huge drop off, but just you know avoiding one or two more big plays per game could be all the difference between going two and five in one score games and being five and two this year
1: oh for sure yeah it's like it just needs to be incrementally better yeah it's like maybe have two fewer completions against you or something you know what i mean pretty much just something like that because they're the defense isn't even when how we're kind of being probably more optimistic than normally on these teams because hey why be super negative yeah i'll kind of take that really quick to see why that could be the case if you think about it defense even with all the guys back still probably be just okay you know what i mean they're not going to be like a top four defense in the conference, even with all these players back. They'll probably be pretty good, but there's still things that they need to work on just because of its air force. They get tired late in the season with the amount of practice hours they're allowed to have, how many games or class schedules and credits they have to do. Their schedule's crazy. At the end of the year, it can kind of get to them, even if they are really good. So they yeah, need I mean, I think- to improve in some areas that they were not last year, just get a bit better in a few spots.
0: You know, if you look at the difference between what they were able to do in rushing S&P versus passing S&P on defense, you know, I mentioned they were 20th in, against the run and 125th against the pass. I think all it's really going to take for this to be a legitimately dangerous defense is to just escape the triple digits.
1: You think that's all it takes, really? I think so. Interesting. All right, that's fair. So you think that's all it'll be? Just kind of be ninety ninety. All right, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, so we... um. We go to – what do we – actually, let's take a quick time out real quick. We had to schedule. Oh, no, sorry. I always forget it, Matt. Are you going to yell at me for forgetting special teams again? Never. Never? Okay. You can scold me if you like privately. That's okay. No, uh, I'll, I'll forgive you this time. Special teams. So really quick, um, we'll blast through these. They bring everybody back. They bring – their punters are back. Their kickoff guys are back. Place kickers back. I guess what they do need is kick and punt returner. So even now I mentioned Ronald Cleveland was the guy. Maybe it will be his replacement in the receiver portion. Who was that we mentioned again? The small guy, he's like 165. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have names. I don't want to say just that dude. Are you Are talking about Brandon Lewis? Yeah, Brandon Lewis. Sorry, excuse me for a moment. He, he might return kicks if he is that fast. Like you mentioned, hey, 4-3 speed. But my, I guess the big concern is he's going to return kicks and punts.
0: Well, what's interesting is that post-spring depth chart is doesn't what? even include a punt returner or a kick returner.
1: Hey, maybe uh, Coach Calhoun's up something that's tricky. They'll, they'll cross <laughs> That means their defense is so good, they will not need the punt. Or, crap, our defense is terrible to score every time it gets us. <laughs> pick and pick, what's what you want. But they'll be fine. It's like when they had return guys last year, like uh, Joseph Saucier did pretty good. But they didn't have that many like returns. They only had, what, 10 kick returns? You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, they'll be fine. It's whatever. It's special teams. Here, here's what the main thing is, Matt. You know what you do, do you want to do? Not drop the ball. Call a fair that catch. Works. That call, works, yeah. call, call a fair catch when needed. No backwards laterals unless it's necessary, like uh, five seconds left or down by four. You know what I mean? You got to score. So just just hold the ball and, um, yeah, don't blow it. That's all right. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk uh, You know, schedules and stuff because that's what we do. All right, folks. Matt, you ready for schedule time? Let's do it. During this whole podcast, I have not found my composite schedule so far. I've been looking and typing things in, so hopefully my win-loss against each other is fine. Also, I'd like to take a quick note, real quick. So, we get some Twitter messages just for the heck of it. Apparently, I don't know how official this partnership is with USA Today and our website and a Facebook page, but let's go with it because they're sharing all of our stuff, so why not be nice? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Did you see those mentions in there, Matt, recently today? Uh, I haven't really looked today now. That's fine. So, apparently, if you go to Mountain West Football Alliance, they are, I guess, they're part, because we're with USA Today. You should know that. If you don't, we are, so we're kind of, kind of from us college football news and whoever else post stuff on there so if you want to check that page out give it a like we're grateful for traffic that comes that way so if you want to check out their page some more people will comment about stuff or also they have a just college football alliance it's called so go check those out why not you know what i mean very cool so if you want any usat stuff they're building the college network larger and so hopefully they'll put stuff there so go give them a like i just did so schedule time I am extremely high in Air Force, so don't laugh at people when I say they're going like thirteen to zero. I'm not. but I'm just saying. Don't laugh if that's my game. Okay, all right. So we, we me and Matt, kind of discussed the plan pre-show. Like any conference game, we're kind of gonna not blast through, but kind of um, go a little quicker than normal. Because if we're talking Boise, San Jose, Hawaii, um, New Mexico, you guys already get the whole preview. So we may give a few snippets about the teams, but we're not gonna spend. Exor- exorbitant amount of time on those teams non-conference games. They will will, because they play Colgate. That should be a win. Then they get the off-week. Off, week, the off week, They get a week two bye and like a whatever, November 23rd bye, which is one week before the season ends. Couldn't they get like a week four and week ten bye to help them out?
0: I'm sure they don't mind. You know, a breather is a breather, whenever it is.
1: I hear you. So they beat Colgate. Then they go to Colorado, which is a you see the Pac-12, the Mercury News recently put out that maybe Pac-12 should do like 9 a.m. local kickoffs.
0: I'm all for it.
1: This game at Colorado, it's 11 a.m. or 10 a.m.
0: Pacific. I, I already roll out of bed on Saturday mornings just in just all day. What? So, this why is, so why not? You know? Why not watch the game if we
1: want to watch earlier than staying up? Which is, so, to be honest, when it gets 9, 10, 11 o'clock, you are watching football all day, it can get a bit taxing a little bit, right?
0: that exactly I'm
1: Just saying if you got stuff to do so get one game out of the way early on might as well so they go to colorado here's the biggest concern i think in this game is colorado has Stephen montez at quarterback who's whatever we you know what they do have matt they have a really 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 good wide receiver who might be the best in the country
0: are you referring to lavisca chenault jr
1: good job saying that name i was not going to pronounce it but thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> if montez is just okay and we already mentioned how crucial the Air Force backfield is in the secondary. This, that's probably the most the key position
0: to watch, the Just matchup. Keep that offense off the field, yeah. right?
1: Just run the ball. Um, pull the water boy, take a knee if you're up by 14 points. I don't know. No, you don't take a knee. That's the opposite way. Sorry, apologies. Just keep the ball running. That's what I meant to say. Keep the clock going. Score touchdowns. Cole Fagan stay in bounds. Um, maybe make sure those passes are crisp and you don't step out of bounds at all. So, But af- besides that, it's like – this is a game Air Force could win. Like it's not out of the question they could not they could win this game, but but the biggest concern really is if Montez can connect and they have a decent they passing the ball. That's the only way I think Colorado is going to be able to be victorious if they get their passing game going. Which
0: to be yeah, great. Yeah, and I mean, and the Buffaloes had I guess what I would consider a, a good but not great defense last year, but you know, they are losing a lot of talent in their in their own front seven, which I think is what ultimately will make this game very interesting. You know, they do have a couple of playmakers up front, like Mustafa Johnson had 15 and a half tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks last year. He's going to be a factor. You know, Nate Landman at inside linebacker, he had 15 TFLs last year. He's going to be pretty good. And, you know, I think it'll be a nice test for the Falcons right out the chute. You know, not only how their strengths... Are going to line up against a, a team's weaknesses, but also how their weaknesses are going to be addressed. You know, against one team's very, very obvious strength. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and these teams, like, even though they're in the same state, they don't play all that often. But... You, okay, hold on. That was
0: one of my fun facts for this for this podcast. Did you realize they haven't played since 1974?
1: What's that? 40 years now coming up. 45 years. Yeah too long what's the deal come on that that seems insane they play i think i think part of the reason they play colorado state every year no i mean i get that but But,
0: you know with the in-state rival you would think they would throw you know one or two matchups once every decade at least it's
1: like it's like (laughs) even though that's like the even though it's like the i believe the longest running college ball rivalry almost in the country like a hundred plus times they play they're,
0: they're they're right down the road from one another yeah you, know, you gotta gotta get it together boulder
1: it's yeah so that's i thought it was i was gonna say the 80s but i didn't realize it was like 74
0: have they played in any bowl games at all uh no like the last time they played colorado was in the big Eight.
1: Oh, jeez, pre-swc days or not well, i guess uh, no swc days exactly that and, and
0: air force was an independent
1: oh interesting Seven, what year was that? Seventy four.
0: Nineteen seventy four was their last matchup, and when the did, Falcons haven't—they haven't beaten the Buffalo since nineteen sixty eight.
1: When did they join the WAC?
0: Oh, I don't know that off the top. Okay, of Okay, I was just
1: wondering. I was like, I was trying to think. Like, wait, that's kind of weird. Um, no worries. But so, what do you think? Win, loss. What do you got?
0: I think it should be closer than what S P Plus suggests because I think they have them at, as what a thirty three percent. Chance,
1: I'm, I was pulling up Colorado sting here. I don't have the moment. But if it's Yeah, it's, thir- it- it's
0: 33%. I think it'll be a little bit closer than that because I think the Air Force is built to contend with this Colorado team maybe a little better than a lot of other Power 5 opponents. But ultimately, I have this one as a close loss for the Falcons. Oh,
1: man, you disrespected Calhoun out of the gate. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, don't, don't tell me sorry. Tell those guys... <laughs> I'm going victory. Okay. Because... If you've heard our stupid early preseason show back in what January, you know where this is going, which I may have given away as well. Where it's going, I, here, I right? admire
0: your conviction.
1: Hey, am I too far off on that? A good season. I mean, you're banking really hard on the rebound. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, two and ten to ten and two one year, ten and three. That's true. They have done it before. Just saying. and that's something we've, that's something we've talked about in, in
0: podcasts past.
1: And they can do it. So here's um, so you get the win. Got that. So for me, at least, I should say next on the schedule. Friday at Colorado, Friday at Boise State. This is early. We'll go quickly through these, but this is early enough in the year because Boise State will have played by this point Florida State and Marshall and somebody else I can't think of at the moment because we haven't talked about Boise State yet. But will their quarterback situation be settled by then? Maybe. Maybe not. Will they go to Hank or they keep with Chase Cord their quarterback or vice versa? They've also played Portland State, so that doesn't matter for Boise State. This could be, and we know it like Boise fans will be mad at us, but Air Force plays very well against the Broncos.
0: No, I mean, you're not wrong. We, you know, one of the things that we'll probably bring up again and again throughout these team previews is Boise State's going to have a sensational defense,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you could have said the same thing last year and Air Force dropped 38 on them That's and true. basically took them to the wire. And it took a, a really superhuman effort from Brett Ripon to hold them off. That's right.
1: It's a, it's a road game though this year too. That's true. It's, like I said, a short week. Boise's playing a FCS team week before. Boise, Air Force is playing a Colorado team that may make a bowl game or not. What do you think? I, I'm torn on this. I've not entered in my win-loss for this one yet. I need to be hear your side of the story for a half second.
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I have this one as an Air Force loss, but that's not for lack of effort. You know, If you look at the just the recent history between these two rivals since Boise State came... You know, There really has only been maybe one or two blowouts the entire time. Of course, everybody remembers the three-game win streak that the Falcons had.
1: Weston, still him,
0: seven turnover game. But they they play Boise tougher, just more consistently than just about anybody else in the conference. And yeah. so I'm kind of expecting something similar. But ultimately, I feel like the Broncos are going to have too much of a talent advantage for Air Force to really come out on top. I agree too. I'm going a close
1: loss for air for for Boise State to get the win. that sounded weird. Air Force to lose, I should
0: say <laughs> i mean they 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 have it as a fourteen as percent chance for Air Force. I'm going to say it's maybe closer to one in three
1: yeah, I'd say that one in three one in four somewhere in that yeah. range um so i get, yeah, I get a close loss there. then they play San Jose State the next week at home that'll be that, that should be a win. I don't think there's too much of San Jose State pulling off that upset
0: exactly, yeah, I have that as a win as well
1: and then we go to Navy. This isn't your same old Navy from a couple years ago. This Navy team's not that good. They were not very good last year. They didn't go to a bowl game, but it's a rivalry, which is a huge deal. Commander in Chief on the line again. I think Air Force can do the win because get the win because they've been yes they've been bad too the past two years. So you could say, hey, dude, Air Force hasn't been good either. But I need a more confident Air Force rebounding the Navy just because they had like a once in a great quarterback a couple of years ago, not Keenan Reynolds, but even beyond that, they haven't. After him, they've kind of struggled a bit to find a guy to run the ball, move on offense.
0: No, I mean, I definitely think you're right. They do have Malcolm Perry coming back, which I think is something. But mm-hmm. they're losing a lot of production elsewhere on offense. They're losing their number one receiver, too. They're losing, let's see, five of their top seven rushers from last year.
1: They'll replace them, but it's still concerning to not know who those guys are at this moment.
0: Oh, and also they're losing four guys who had at least 13 career starts on the offensive line. Air Force by 10. So they're kind of starting (laughs) over on offense. And oh, by the way, they're losing a lot from last year's defense too, which wasn't very good. They were in the triple digits by defensive S&P+. But... um, So maybe you can say They might be better off for all the guys that they're losing Maybe so But this was not a particularly close game Last year and I'm not going to be surprised If this is Air Force's biggest win of the year So I have this one as a big Air Force win Biggest win of the
1: year? I think it could be More than beating San Jose State or New Mexico? It could be Okay all right. Then next week is a big game Fresno State at home How nervous are you this game Matt?
0: Ah, I remember the last time they played the Falcons. Refresh us. What happened a couple years ago? That was the Arian Worthman game when, uh, I think he replaced Nate Romine sometime in the third quarter. And then they reeled off three straight touchdowns to come back and win the game.
1: This is also pre-Tedford by the way. So
0: yeah, that's true. (laughs) There's that to consider. (laughs) That's true. The defense wasn't quite, quite up to snuff at that point. Um, and I think this is a this is going to be one of the low key more fascinating games of the year. Oh yeah, just because you know we we'll talk more about this when we get to the bulldogs, but you know the bulldogs seem likely to take a step back. It's just a matter of how much. While we've been talking about Air Force being able to take a step forward with these kind of strengths and weaknesses that we've been talking on and on about, so I think ah oh, man. I'm not sure where you go to start talking about this.
1: Here's what I say: like first, I've listed this. I'm leaning Fresno because they play at New Mexico State, then have a bye week, then go to Air Force, so they get the off week to help. Even here's the thing too: even though they're in the same conference, they don't face his offense all the time, so that extra week to study mm-hmm. is helpful. Fresno State is going to be fine on offense the Ronnie Rivers and whoever else. Defense, yeah, lost a couple of guys, they'll be fine though. I do think this will be a close game. It's on the road, which does counter a little bit for what Air Force for Air Force and Fresno. I think overall like these teams are probably pretty evenly matched I think for what they'll end up finishing the year with. I for some reason I want to lean toward Fresno State but I'm not sure why maybe because they get the off week and they play a New Mexico State team who's just okay they're not going to be what they thought they were last year or let alone the year before mm-hmm. so I'm it is also to be noted, Air Force is only given a 35% chance to chance?
0: See, I think this is exactly the kind of game where if, if you don't follow Bill Connolly on Twitter, he always says that the S&P Plus tends to underrate the service academies a little bit. Fact. Because recruiting is hard to get there for freshmen. True freshmen. And one of the other things that really jumped out to me in researching the Falcons is they're always pretty tough at home. Oh, yeah. Especially under Troy Calhoun. They've had exactly one season where they were worse than 500 at Falcon Stadium. Is that that two And that was in 2007, yeah. So I think this is the kind of game where it might seem like President State has an edge going on the road. (laughs) But I actually have this one as an Air Force win. What? Air Force victory? I think so. I think this is. I'm torn on this one. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to preface it by saying I think it's a lot closer to 50-50 than oh, Boise State is.
1: Oh, I, I agree.
0: And I would, because I would say that Boise State and Colorado are maybe more like somewhere between 30 and 40%. I think this is a, a true 50-50 game that doesn't quite show up when you when you look at the numbers here in, in early June.
1: So do you think with, like you mentioned, S&P Plus down rate, un, un, let me guess, uh, not downgrades or but rates not as favorably academies, what would you say that percentage could be five to ten percent in win probability
0: that's what i'm saying i think it's probably a lot closer to 50 okay. than 35 percent, which is where it's at right now i i'm going air force loss i don't like
1: it though because uh, that bye week's a big deal for me and i think that's what could be the difference
0: I mean, flip a coin nothing's gonna surprise me
1: yeah and with with what fresno does like tefford's a great coach this will also be the first time could this be like possibly his first time ever facing a triple option team Tedford?
0: Ooh, I'd have to dig back into the, to what he did at Cal.
1: I don't, I'm going to say yes. Screw it. I like the Falcons. Go, let's fly. Go air force victory. I'm doing it. Okay. All right. All Boom. Right. I'm already extremely high in the Falcons. So I'll go with it <laughs> next week at Hawaii. Oh boy. You think Fresno, Fresno air Force is, is low key. Fun. This one at Hawaii late at night. Run and shoot versus run option. Gets me all excited. And this,
0: is, and this is actually a 50-50 game per SP Plus. Which means Falcons should win, right? I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> This is a game – like, we said Colorado's a game where the secondary
1: is going to be tested. This game is really going to test the secondary. Definitely. And, you know oh, – This will be a good one.
0: And it's, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, on the one hand, we saw – Hawaii struggle. They struggled a little bit against Army last year, but they kind of... they Did they play Navy last year? Is that my imagination?
1: Uh, Hawaii? Yeah. Uh, they played Army. I think
0: they... Oh, yeah. They they opened the year against Hawaii. Duh. Yeah, they, yeah, they played um, both. That's
1: right. They could have won the commander chief who made their joke last year.
0: Yeah, they... they <laughs> okay, so, so they lit up Navy, who, and as we just talked about, not a very good defense, mm-hmm. and they struggled against Army, which had a pretty good defense. And so... Man Contrast the styles Makes this one Really hard to figure One way or the other
1: I think Well we've also seen What Hawaii's defense Has done Or not done really Running Running wise Mm -hmm. I think It's on the road I think Here's how I think It'll play out We said we're not Going to talk too much Conference games But here we are I would say Like you mentioned before If Hawaii's offense Gets going They're going to win because if they get up 14-0, you know, they go for it on fourth and two at their own 40 convert multiple times. They they go three four on fourth down to keep the ball moving, go for touchdowns, not field goals. They find Cedric Bird or whoever out there catching the ball from Cole McDonald or Cordero out there, probably McDonald, I'm leaning that way. But if it's like that where it's out 17-3, 24-10, Air Force is not going to win. So Air Force needs two things. They're secondary to make – or just their defense in general – Slow down the passing attack. It's kind of generic, really, what I'm saying. But just get to the quarterback, do what you can. Get Knock the ball down, get him uncomfortable, and hold the ball. Do have one of those classic 45-minute time possessions in your favor. Yeah. Even But here's the, even that 15 minutes wide has to, they could still score 35 points because how quickly they could strike. So I think that's the main thing, kind of hold the ball, slow play the game. But this is going to be one that people sh- really should stay up late to watch.
0: I I know I am.
1: Because <laughs> it's a, it also good good note on this one. It is a, while well, it's in Hawaii. It's actually a CBS Sports Network Hawaii game at home.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: So it's a 11 Eastern. So what's that? Five Hawaii, seven Pacific, right? I think eight, so. No, yeah, eight, e- yes, eight Pacific. Sorry, there we go. So no, it's a little late, but that's a game we'll be pretty excited. But I'm going Victory Air Force.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have that as a win too.
1: Utah State at home. I'll just say loss right now. That'll be very difficult to do playing yeah, same. Fresno who will be contend for the West at Hawaii, which they still make contempt for the West, but travel and a tough opponent and then playing host, even though it's hosting Utah state, which will have the best quarterback and top two offense. I think top three offense at worst, one of the best offenses, pretty good defense, like Woodward Tippa back there. Whoever's going to be in secondary. will be fine with Gary Anderson's defense. I would say it is a winnable game by, by no, by any stretch, But I just don't think the way their games have been before, no bye week. I think they're – because look at their schedule. They go to Navy, across the country, come all the way back home, so obviously back and forth to fly, all the way to Hawaii, and you're playing probably at least three bowl teams that stretch as well. Yeah. Including Utah State. Then next week, they stay home finally, no, every other week, but they get Army, who might be the best team not in the – you know what I mean? From the group of five, I guess, who's
0: uh, really good with Jeff Monkey. They're doing his thing. I mean, I'm sure about that. Maybe. I, why not? I I said maybe. I feel like everybody's inflating Army just a little bit.
1: Okay, be, be the naysayer for the Golden Knights or whatever they are. Not Golden Knights. The Black Knights, sorry. That's Vegas hockey. I don't think you're wrong by any stretch, but I think they're going to be still really good.
0: I mean, what was their best win last year? Hawaii?
1: Ooh, I'm gonna I mean, beating
0: game. Buffalo was all right.
1: Did, did Buffalo go to the Mac title game? They did, but they lost. I believe, right? Yes. Um, let me pull up the schedule. Who who were their wins? What, do you, what was okay? Year? So I'm
0: just going to run through the list of everybody that Army beat last year: Liberty, Hawaii, yeah. Buffalo, San Jose State, Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Air Force, Lafayette, Colgate.
1: One bowl team in there. Two bowl teams: uh,
0: Hawaii and Buffalo. Yeah, I believe so. Interesting. They had. A pillow soft <laughs> Schedule last year
1: Key point Number two On Bill Connolly's preview QB Kevin Kelvin Hopkins Junior returns Combined with the Softest schedule You ever see Gives him great yeah, odds I mean, At I mean, a third straight Double have,
0: have you seen Their schedule For this year I mean other than Rice Or excuse me Michigan
1: Dude if you said Rice is a good team I'd like What are you doing No
0: No here's the thing Rice UTSA Morgan State In Morgan in Stanley September.
1: Wait is that Morgan Stanley
0: no, Morgan State.
1: <laughs> okay. That's
0: and then sure. Tulane, Western Kentucky, Georgia State, San Jose State, Air Force in November. And then UMass, VMI, Hawaii, and the year against Navy. We that, this is prof- not, that is not a particularly impressive schedule.
1: I think we mentioned probably maybe offline or Twitter at some point. Air Force is probably their second toughest game on the schedule.
0: It might be, yeah.
1: And maybe Air Force is really good like I think they are. But... <laughs> Uh maybe you're right. Okay, well maybe maybe that is the point. Maybe we should we start this uh trend here, say overrated army?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? Army's know?
1: army's over army's gonna be overrated.
0: It's the Mountain West versus everyone.
1: Hey, at least we had a rational UCF fan today on Twitter talking back and forth. Did you you yep. probably didn't see that? Because there was the talk 'cause you yeah, San Diego State's doing a pretty good job of their schedule. And you put out the what, plain T1 or something. Was that you who did that in our Twitter account? Yeah, go play in Mexico. Which why not? Because there's a that stadium there right on the border for the what Liga MX team, I believe, don't they?
0: I think so. Yeah, so,
1: my, they they got soccer teams somewhere. Mexico's like like it's great, but there it's just talk about breaking. I don't know where it's coming from, but good schedules and whatnot. But this is the opposite of that. Although, I don't remember. I brought it up. Whatever. That's here or there. Go check our Twitter for our conversation. It was weird, but maybe you're all right. Maybe Army is. They're gonna get the wins, but should they be ranked? Is this a could this be a point, Matt, where they go? Also beating that Michigan, I wouldn't be really surprised either that happens, just because it's Michigan and they always fold somewhere, right? Probably well, not. Not only
0: that, but they lost their defensive coordinator to yeah. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost two key contributors along their defensive line. They lost three of their four top tacklers at linebacker. They lost two, at least two guys in their secondary. So. And and this was a team that just barely survived Air Force last year. You know, let's not forget it was a three-point game. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the defense they're bringing back is going to be able to hold the Falcons to, what, three and a half yards per carry again? (laughs) I just don't see that happening. So I'm not not expecting the Falcons to run away with it, but I do expect them to win by a fairly comfortable margin.
1: Here's the thing, real quick. They're projected to win probably nine to ten wins
0: hmm
1: They're projected I know S&P plus de values a little bit because it's hard to get that income in recruiting class. They're projected at eightieth, but to be a ten win team. That kind of tells me it's like, well, maybe the schedule is that bad.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, just look at the S P ranks of all their opponents. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. triple digits? It's seven in the triple digits.
1: Then Morgan State and Tulane's at ninety eight Air Force is ninety. And Hawaii's ninety four.
0: And VMI. Oh. So they they get they get to beat up on two FCS teams again. Do they play
1: thirteen games, I'm guessing. that why three four. Yeah. Okay. They go to Hawaii. Yeah, I'm saying Army's overrated.
0: I'll say it. Uh, no, everybody who's putting Army in their top twenty-five is going to get a rude awakening by like I don't know, early October.
1: Oh, wait, no, 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 no. They could lose to Rice Week One. Why not? No, they're not.
0: But they're going to lose to Michigan. They could probably lose to, <laughs> to Tulane. Let me ask you this,
1: okay, real quick I know it's not an army podcast, but I know some people will not be too happy if they listen later on, but people want us to hey, it's a, this is an Air Force show, man. We gotta downgrade the academies when we can, the, the rivals, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So,
1: okay, say they're ranked. They are they beat they beat Rice, they lose to Michigan. So they're one on one, not not ranked. What would it take for them to be ranked again?
0: They'd probably have to rip off like six or seven wins in a row.
1: Be like nine and one to maybe get ranked?
0: And they have to be convincing wins too. I mean, look at what happened to Utah State last year.
1: Exactly, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they. That's tough, right? It is. You convince me they're going to beat they're going to beat Army.
0: They're going to beat Army.
1: They're going to go to New Mexico, beat New Mexico. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Colorado State, probably beat Colorado State.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: They should. How much of a threat is Wyoming? Do you think the final game of the year, which is goes after a bye week, so they get off week after CSU? then they host they stay home and host uh wyoming
0: i've been thinking a lot about wyoming this offseason just because they're one of the more I, I feel like they're one of the more interesting teams you know because it's not like it's not like they're at a crossroads but they're they're reloading in a way that i think is unique across the mountain west
1: do you think i've seen a lot of people out there saying wyoming's gonna take this huge jump i'm not one of those people are you in that camp or do you think there's going to be maybe struggle to get to a bowl game or be right around a six-win Cowboy team?
0: I think that Wyoming is definitely good enough to be a bowl eligible. And when you look at the recent history of this particular matchup, there's really no doubt that the the Cowboys have had the upper hand. You know, they've won, what, one, two, three, four, five, they've won six of the last eight against Air Force. And, And while a lot of them have been fairly close games, you know, maybe this is the opposite of, you know what we might talk about with like the Rams not being able to get over the hump against the mm-hmm. the you know, the Falcons or Boise State struggling year in and year out. You know Wyoming seems to have, at least in recent history of I don't know, want to say solved the Falcons, but they've definitely had a lot more success than a lot of other teams in the conference have.
1: But are you do you think they'll be like an above average team? Because I I see people say oh they're gonna make this big jump they're gonna compete for the Mountain Division. I am nowhere near that happening.
0: I think it all depends on how their defense comes together.
1: It will, but their offense is just garbage.
0: Come on! I think their offense knows exactly what it wants to be. It's just a matter of finding the personnel to, to fit that, which we'll talk more about when we get to the Cowboys preview. I think a lot of it just depends on you know finding one or two healthy running backs, you know ensuring that they stay healthy, and making sure the passing game does just enough. Which, when you look back to last year's game, that's pretty much how things unfolded. You know, they didn't really do that much with Tyler Vander under center, mm-hmm. but they did just enough and got just enough plays on defense to hold the Falcons off.
1: It's going to take. so it's going to take that defense yeah. doing something.
0: But again, you know, going back to you know, last year it was in the snow at Wyoming. This year, it's going to be at home, where Air Force has generally been pretty tough.
1: TBA, so, TBD for TV time. So it could be a snow game again, possibly.
0: Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, I could see the argument for Air Force taking a jump. I could also see it for Wyoming, too. And while this isn't quite a true 50-50 game, they actually give the Falcons a 58% chance to win this one. Um, I do see it as being closer to 50-50. I think it'd be fairly close. I just...
1: My thing is Wyoming's offense. I know the Nico Evans last year is great, who helped them a ton with that. Along with that defense, who has guys like Logan Wilson back, who's going to be first team all conference. Maybe there's another defender we didn't even mention for a defensive player of the year potential. He could be in the mix too. Oh yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cowboys fans. But I just I, I want to see it with Sean Chambers and whoever's running the ball. It's like I know it can't be as bad as last year passing the ball, but I want to see some form of life before I'm going to be confident anything they do besides maybe running the ball. So I'm going to victory, which means my record, oh boy, 10-2, and 10-2 Air Force, no, losing I... to Boise State and Utah State. No.
0: I mean, I think I have this as a win, too, but honestly, this is the kind of matchup where nothing would surprise me, just what... because they've tended to play each other very close over the years. So what's your record, 9-3? Uh, let's see, 1-2, In... yeah, 9-3. and three. <sighs>
1: Is this? Are we too? Is there something wrong with us picking Air Force to be this good this year? I don't think so. No, I'm saying we're. I don't think we're out of our mind thinking they'll be they'll be this good.
0: No, why okay. would they? I'm just. I'm just I mean, wondering... this is. I mean, it's it's. The, you know, maybe it's the trendy pick.
1: But, but wait, wait, think... wait.
0: trendy pick! I'm the one who said this in
1: January. They'd win ten games. Who nobody's listening. You
0: started. The, you started the trend. Thank That's you.
1: I, I want something, credit because I want that. I think this will be good. I also mentioned couple years ago not to say i'm great on all these picks but when, I, when people are poo-hooing or saying josh allen's the best quarterback i'm like hey nick stevens look for him he's pretty good and what did he do really good year that's true i'm just saying out of all the games like yes 10 and 2 will it happen who knows like if i'm looking at their schedule like other games they could lose like like they could lose at colorado i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be realistic they could lose at colorado they could lose to of state they probably could lose to hawaii even army was close last year they could be like seven and five but I think from what they did last year and who's coming back, the amount of years they've had of kind of being not great, they're gonna rebound. I think they'll be fine. I with my ten two record, they're not going to win the division because it's they lost two conference games, two division games. They'll mm-hmm. finish third and probably go to the bowl. Was the Armed Forces Bowl in Texas and place or Lockheed Martin Bowl I think it is and play some um, Big Ten team, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. which should be fine. So. I'm good with that. I'm good with 10-2. I, I, I think I started the trend. I think they're going to be a great team. And even being 10-2, with the losses coupled where they're at, they may not be ranked till, unless they win a bowl game, unfortunately.
0: They're going to be a nightmare for pretty much everybody on their schedule.
1: They always are, but it's going to be exceptionally nightmare because they have a running back who's been there for a couple years and not replacing half the running tack. I guess stay, keep, keep a quarterback. I prefer Hammond, as do you. Sanders is fine, but find a good QB, stick with it, and hopefully health stays their way, but they're going to be really good this year. They're going to rebound and have one of Calhoun's better years as a head coach, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Would it, okay. I'm asking this. Would it be shocking if they were to, this is wild. We kind of mentioned Boyce state could be an early, that could be a winnable game. Utah state would be really tough. Like, could they go 11 to one, maybe 12 and 0.
0: If things break. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is going kind to of come down to the defense and just figuring out how to stop the pass yeah because that's one thing that you know Colorado has their one weapon and even though Boise State has their big question at quarterback and you know we know that they've got a ton of receiving talent you know we know that Utah State has a ton of talent on offense and even some of these other teams you mentioned you know Colorado State may not have Preston Williams anymore, but they still got guys like Warren Jackson. You know, Fresno State may not have Keyshawn Johnson anymore, but they've got a lot of young talent coming up. And and of course, we talked about Hawaii having the run and shoot. You know, they've got Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, and like a handful of other guys. So how well they answer that question, I think, is going to be the di- it could be the difference between something like going six and six again or five and seven again and being a nine or one team.
1: All right, so we think they're going to be pretty good. So you heard it here first. Actually, back in January, you heard it here first. First, Are you talking about Air Force, you mean? Oh, geez. i sorry. I liked an Air Force, <laughs> a Utah State Twitter account who followed us. I'm like, oh, they're pretty cool. Sorry. Um, Yeah, Air Force. Oh, jeez. I, I need to pay attention sometimes a bit more. Final word on Air Force. They. Uh, anything you got? Are you good with your 9-3 record and mark and pen on your spreadsheet? Uh,
0: I think I'm all set.
1: 10-2 and for me. All right, so next week's show – we're going to. I think we're gonna. I think we should do this. Matt, bat, bounce back and forth between Mountain and West Division. All right. All right. This is number four. We are twenty five percent away through our preview. So next week, it'll be either San Diego State, Hawaii, e- UNLV, or Nevada. Right. Yes. Okay. But, or have we done Fresno already too. We have not. Oh, so there's five, five teams. Oh, we've only. Oh yes. Well, it's number three, right? Sorry. Yeah, we've only done one West team, not San Jose State. So. I could have just said everybody, anybody but San Jose State next time, but I was trying to outthink myself once again.
0: But yeah, that's, they, fair. Yeah, that's, that's all fine.
1: good. It's all good. It, it's we're doing an hour plus show. Give us a, give us a break. It's June, but <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading MWR.com is our podcast or website you can find our podcast at. Stitcher, your iTunes. Uh, tune in. We're doing our top fifty countdowns. Going to be going on shortly. We're doing a ton of preseason work, so. We already have some Colorado State previews out. We'll have some position previews out. Actually, we have a new Air Force writer, Sean O'Toole. Give him a check out his first article, Air Force QB situations. Talked about that a bit. So go check out his stuff. He has about four articles in the book. So look for running back, receiver look, and some other stuff as well. So we'll be back next time. And, hey, just tell your friends and say hello. Final words about Utah State.